Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noda Francesco, and I'm joined, as I always am, by hopefully a much happier this time, uh, Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing on this fine Sunday after the first Husker win of the season? You know, I we were just talking before we started recording about that, you know, we finally get in the win column, which was great, obviously, for uh, Husker fan, and we'll be talking more about this game, but uh, yeah, I'm I was pleased yesterday at least. Uh, we didn't find a way to lose, and that's in this day and age, that's that's a huge plus. That's that's wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially for a Nebraska team that's uh coming off that that Northwestern game. But uh, I do think there were some chances we, we'll get into this in a minute, but I do think there were some chances that. Uh, some opportunities, I guess I should say, for Nebraska to shoot themselves in the foot and lose this game, which yeah. I would not have expected coming in. Um, but before we get into the game, let's get into our upfront news real quick. Uh, we had two like major NCAA slash college football playoff decisions uh, in this past week. They changed. So the uh, big one that's going to affect call like the transfer portal, I guess. I don't know what I was going to say, yeah. but uh, the transfer portal is now being changed from there are two windows. So it's kind of, um, I'm a, I'm a big soccer fan and the way that it works in soccer, there's a winter transfer window and a summer transfer window. The summer one's usually longer. Um, and they're basically adapting the same kind of thing for the NCAA transfer portal. Now there are two windows. They're going to be a 45 day period um that are going to start the day after the championship selections are made does that mean after they choose college football playoff teams or what does that mean that's a great question i i just was looking that up before we went on the air i the uh i'm not sure i I would think that that's what it means i don't think you i don't think you wait until the championship game which will be later on in in uh in january but uh, yeah i'm yeah it's, it's a little unclear but they're trying to get some reins on this thing. And it's probably, probably a good idea. I, I don't know what impact this will have. It seems like there's still a lot. So, so after May 15th, you can't transfer until December. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Uh, and this is going to go into effect uh, for the 2022, 2023 season. So um, after we'll figure out if it is after they choose uh championships if if it's like whenever they choose college football playoff teams in the bowl games and figure that out uh after that um people are going to be able to transfer until may 15th and then after may 15th they're gonna you're not gonna be able to transfer until december again um and i think that's going to be big because there were a lot of like uh late flips in right. in, in commitment and uh, a lot of that went nebraska's way uh which I, I'm not complaining about because it means we had podcast episodes to do for like six more weeks. Um, so we're going to have to find <laughs> someone to fill that Boy, <laughs> talking about transport stuff. But um, yeah, I think it's honestly better. They need to rein it in somehow, otherwise just free agency. And then NIL starts being a big factor into it. And uh, it, it just turns into free agency and whoever can pay more. But uh, I think that this could be pretty interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. It's, it's going to be, it's not going to really affect anything now. Uh, right. As soon as we start getting into December and November and you, you kind of, late November, early December, you kind of see the teams that are tanked, but have these really great players. And you're going to wonder, okay, they're going to have to make a decision now, rather if they're going to stick with this team and hope that it comes back around next year, or they're making, or they're just going to go and then leave um, because it's, it, 
but it's nice to have like a start date and end date for it because it was just like we could transfer whenever we want just not during the season so right um yeah so i wonder we we live in such a litigious society that somebody is going to put a lawsuit up there and they're going to say hey i had to be able to just coaches can come and go whenever they want to so we ought to have the same i'm I'm not advocating that but i'm just saying i think that's probably gonna happen yeah no i i and i I mean, we don't have to talk about this too much, but I think that that if someone did put up a lawsuit, there's there are athletes. I I get that you want to go where you can win, but then literally everyone would be going to Alabama, and you can only have seventy four players on a team. So I mean, it's not it's not perfect. There's not going to be a perfect solution to this, and I think this is the best solution because there have to be some there has to be some boundary to it because it was just insane. Um, well, you actually like, have the 85 scholarships, so you can have 85. Uh, how many can you – How? but I thought first week you said you can only play 74 kids. Uh, Big Ten rules are a little bit different that, that you – on a road trip like they went to Ireland last week. Oh, oh, uh, I see. They could play only 74 players, but you got 85 scholarships. And oh, you, okay. somebody has but to still, invite you to come to the other school. Like, you can't just walk on in Alabama. And yeah. Nick Saban's going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we need a – Yeah, but I mean like – but if if you were Alabama, who would not want to go to Alabama right now? Like, there's – they're going – personally, for me, I think Alabama's going to easily win the national championship. As good as Georgia looked against Oregon uh, this past week, I think Alabama's still going to win the national championship. They looked crazy good against Utah State, but I don't know. Um, other thing concerning the playoff and national championship, the CFP is expanding to 12 teams – uh, this is going to take place either in 2024 or 2025. On uh, the way that this is going to work, uh, for the top four is going to get a bye. So, for example, last year, uh, Cincinnati, Alabama, uh, who else was in there? Uh, Michigan, Michigan, and Georgia would have all got a bye to the second round, and then we had would have had like Ohio State against Pitt, um, and I forget there it was there was some listing uh, of like how it would have worked last year, but basically uh, the it just takes the top twelve teams and the other eight teams are going to play each other uh, in. I mean, it's going to be like a just you have let's see, you'll you'll have four games uh, in the first round, and right. then two winner, and then the winners of those games will play the top four seeds. Right, and then the winners of those games will play whoever wins the other game on their side of the bracket, and then those two play for the national championship. Um, and I mean, I'm a big fan of this because it gets like there's more money in the sport, you get more coverage, you get better teams playing better teams late in the season when everyone uh like is in their system, they're in the rhythm of college football. It's not like there were some really great games yesterday. Uh, like, for example, Utah and Florida, which I didn't think was going to be a super great game, but it ended up being one of the best games of the day, uh, and as well as North Carolina and Appalachian State. But that's like week one of college football. You play that game seven weeks later, maybe not the same result, but yeah. it's going to be very exciting to see these really good teams, solid teams playing each other when they have it all figured out because that's when you're going to know who's unstoppable, who's not, and just – it's going to – the national championship, I think, will be – whoever wins the national championship will be the national champion, and it won't be like, oh, we got fifth because of some weird scheduling thing where 
the fourth place team has a worse record than us, but their losses are to way better teams than ours. So because not every college football team can schedule great opponents every single every single week. And it depends a lot on what conference mm-hmm. you're in. So um, but yeah, anything you want to say about that grapple before we well, move the on other thing I think is cool is that uh, the the other eight teams, the four the the first four teams, top four teams are gonna get a buy. And um and then the other eight teams play, they can play on their own campus or a neutral site. Yeah, so that's gonna be it, if Nebraska ever gets up into that, you know, playing a December oh, game man. At, at the <laughs> Stadium, one can dream, one can dream. Bringing Miami up or Florida or some cold or warm weather team and having them freeze their butts oh, off. Oh, that'd be sweet. I love that. And, and I think, you know, you think about that, it, it would be, I think. In in Husker's case, they would they show up there, and they have through the years. They would uh, they would show up in droves. It doesn't matter. Uh, they used to have the Big Twelve Championship game in Kansas City, and I remember yeah. at least one time there it was just bitterly cold, and they still show up there. And it would be yeah. awesome to see that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think that's that's going to be um, it's going to be new ground to to uh, to go through. Um, that's all I had to say on uh, on the CFP expansion. But you want to talk about uh, Husker volleyball? Yeah, let's touch on that real quick. So they are undefeated. They haven't lost a single set all season. Right. Um, they haven't played the best opponents, I guess. They haven't played anyone ranked yet. Um, but like I said, you get into uh, conference play, uh, and the Big Ten's just stacked at volleyball. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see how they, how they fare there. I think they'll be fine. Um, but they dropped from number one overall to number two. I get that. They, I mean, I don't know. Who, I don't know who got bumped up to number one. Um, Texas, Texas, Texas did. Yeah. I, my guess is that Texas played better opponents than Nebraska yeah. has, and that's why. Yeah. Right. Um, and they just have a better record. They just have the same or slightly better because they've either played one more game or they've played better opponents and have the same record as Nebraska. Um, and so that's why they're number one. But I don't think that this isn't a big deal. It happens all the time. Like in college football, I bet you'll see it. Alabama might drop because of how good Georgia looked um against against a really tough Oregon team or supposedly really tough Oregon team but um it it happens and then you just regain it it's not that big I know, thing, but I know. they look real they look really dominant and uh they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in in the national title race this year um we have an update on two former Husker quarterbacks do you want to talk about that Will yeah yeah I'll start off with Adrian Martinez now at Kansas State obviously uh they play Kansas State played South Dakota uh at home uh, last night and he was 11 for 15 for 53 yards no interceptions wow good for him uh he didn't play that much he got pulled in the third quarter but it was just like a let's get other people and they won 34 to nothing so um not a super bit in case it's more of a running school versus passing um so those those passing yards aren't super shocking to me for him only throwing the ball 15 times um but i mean he's just doing little check downs uh, and then he rushed 13 times for 39 yards and one touchdown. So he had his first touchdown as a Kansas State Wildcat. Um, and he looked decent from what I saw. Uh, nothing super important. But uh, And then another Nebraska quarterback, Luke McCaffrey, or I should say former quarterback because he switched to being a wide receiver. Uh, he, he now, he's playing for Rice now. Uh, Grandpa and I have talked about his journey a lot. I don't know if you guys, if you guys listening know. Uh, but he transferred away from Nebraska, went to Louisville, uh, and then went to Rice as both both of those schools originally as a quarterback. And then at Rice, he switched from quarterback to wide receiver, 
Um, and he had five catches, five, 51 yards, uh, zero TDs. They did play uh, USC with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. So I, I imagine they weren't on the field that long because USC's defense is, I mean, it's, it's rice. Rice is not, right. rice has been consistently bad for the past 10 years. I think I don't, I can't remember a time when they were super great in recent memory. They might've made a few bowl games in that time, but in general, um, I don't think they've been super great, but yeah, just a quick update on those guys. Uh, let, do you want to move into the yep. Northwestern game? Yep, uh, cool. All right. So, Grandpa, I'll start North, North Dakota game. Sorry. <laughs> Good. Wrong. I don't want to relive wrong that result, game. Wrong result. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll ask you first, what surprised you in this game? Uh, and what what do you think Nebraska improved on from last week in the Northwestern game in this North Dakota game? It's really, really hard to tell. It's like taking a freshman, you know, English test final or a senior. And, and I don't know what you – I mean, Nebraska won the game. I mean, that was good. Uh, yeah. I wasn't surprised at the win. I was surprised at how maybe difficult it was, especially in the probably the first three quarters. Um, uh, but you know what you learn from that? I don't. I don't really know. I, I this this team is so green, and there's so many new elements to it from new offensive coordinator, new you know, wide receivers coach, new offensive line coach, new running backs coach, uh, and, and first year as a full-time uh, special team coach, uh, Bill Bush. But what do you get from that? It's still football, yeah. Um, I The real test, and this is not any big surprise, it's going to be Oklahoma, let's face it. Georgia Southern is not going to be we, – we, if you slaughter, you know, a Georgia Southern, well, yeah, you should, you know. Um, so uh, at this stage, I think Nebraska needs to just get down on their knees and be thankful for any win that they can get this year. Cause I think they're going to be hard to be hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I was surprised by uh, the not mental errors, but um, I was surprised that we weren't dominating from the second, from the third quarter, the first half, it looked like there's not too much you can change. You need like a 15 to 20 minute halftime to change some of the things they needed to fix scheme wise. Um, and I think that was a little bit harder to do uh, in that first half, but in the third quarter going into the first qu fourth quarter, North North Dakota was still in the game, Yep. which I would have never thought in a million years. Yeah. And I said last week that Nebraska needs to blow North Dakota out of the water to show that right. they improved something and they didn't. So I really don't think they improved that much. And do you think jet lag had anything to do with that? I don't – I mean, it. I was thinking that watching the game, uh, but I really don't think that – like, we, we we talked about it before, and these are college kids. It's different than older people for the, the way they can bounce back right. uh, from that time difference. So I – watching it, I didn't see anything that made me think that they were jet lagged at all. Uh, I think North Dakota just had a really good game plan, came out and was like, okay, we're not going to give them anything. Keep the ball as long as possible so we have the most chances. Their first – North Dakota's first drive took up six minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah. And on, luckily for Nebraska, they didn't get anything out of it because um, that could have been devastating to have a six-minute drive uh, at, at the very beginning of the game and then North Dakota scores a touchdown or something. That could just be – I mean, you eat that much time off the clock. And, um, I, I mean – 
I think that Nebraska has a lot to improve against Georgia Southern. Uh, and Georgia Southern's good, a good team. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them after we finish talking about this game. But they won 59-7 to uh, over a not-great team in Morgan State, I think is who they played. Yeah. Um, and But Kyle Van Treese, the quarterback for Georgia Southern, knows Nebraska. Um, he was on Buffalo last year when Buffalo came to uh, Nebraska, lost 28-3. to But um, I think that the running game definitely picked up, and it helped a lot. Anthony Grant is my offensive MVP for this game. Yeah. Um, the, the one play that he had where, uh, he bobbled the handoff, caught it, ran into the defensive right. lineman, spun out of it, and then ran for right. like another 30 yards. That is what Nebraska needs. Uh, he had, uh, I think a 46 yard rushing touchdown. Um, and I mean, we've, I I've been on, I've been on the Anthony Grant train ever since the spring game. And I've been saying it over and over. He is going to be Nebraska's running back for the season. Uh, I did like to see AJ Allen get some touches. He scored a touchdown. He looked really good. Um, the off the, the rushing game, I think improved a lot, uh, over, over the Northwestern, but it is a North Dakota defensive line that is not as big as big 10 teams. So I don't know how much you're able to judge that, but we did, we, we ran for, uh, 244 yards. Uh, and I mean, you're going to need more to beat some of these other big 10 teams, but, uh, I, and the, the connection between Casey Thompson and Marcus Washington is that's going to pay big dividends. Uh, I think later in the season when Nebraska's a little bit dinged up and you need that, just, I know where it can go to him. You have that chemistry with them. They were at Texas together. Uh, it seems like Mark Whipple's trying to get that same thing with Trey Palmer and Casey, and I'm not really seeing it. Trey, Trey Palmer had some good catches, good routes today, uh, this yesterday, I should say. Um, and, but it just wasn't really, there i didn't see it uh for the i didn't see the same kind of connection that he has with marcus washington that, the only that thing is that they, they had that one uh we were deep on our own territory and it was third down and and long and you're going to turn the ball over back to uh north dakota if you don't get a first down and uh and and credit casey man he laid a pass out there to uh to uh, Trey Palmer and he went upstairs and got it. And it was yeah. a great throw and it was a great catch. He's a, he's a great athlete. I will give him yeah. that. I just was saying yeah. the connection that it seems like Whipple wants between Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer just isn't there. And it is there with Marcus Washington. I think they should just switch to focus. Well, on they, that were because, teammates. they were teammates. They were teammates. Yeah. Texas. That's, so. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. They have that basis. Right. So, um, they they have that basis. So I think that Whipple should just be like, okay, let's focus on Marcus Washington, making him our first read for Casey every single time we can make Trey Palmer the second. They're both great athletes. I don't see a problem with either of them being a first read. I just think that Marcus Washington is a better connection for Casey chemistry wise, just because they were at school together. And just from what I've seen in these two games, um, but what do you suppose yeah. happened to Isaiah Garcia Castaneda? You That's know, a good question. Like, I didn't see. Yeah, I was gonna say there was literally there was nothing from him, uh, and I don't know if it's extremely surprising, but uh, I think that it was just they were looking to. It was the like when you play an FCS team, you're looking to get those big shots down the field because you know you can take them. And Trey Palmer and um, Marcus Washington, I think, are just, as we were talking about, they're the ones that Casey is has the, has the most chemistry with. Um, 
Garcia Castaneda, leading receiver from last week. I I don't know if they just shut him down or they just didn't target him as much in they being Nebraska uh, in the second sentence and they being North Dakota in the first sentence, obviously. But um, I don't I honestly don't know. Um, I, I think that it's a good thing that we can be like, oh, I didn't see Isaiah. Uh, I didn't see Castaneda at all. But we still looked good with Trey Palmer and Marcus Washington, and Omar Manning was back for this game, which was good. This is his first yeah. game in a Husker uniform this year. Um, but I think it's it speaks to the depth of that receiving room when you can yeah. say, "Where was Garcia Gasneda?" and I still and I wasn't upset about it, and there wasn't anything that worried me about that. It was just I wonder what happened. Like I, there, think, I, I don't know. I think the big. Uh... The, the kid we missed obviously in the, in the opening game, but and uh, in, in uh, yesterday was uh, Travis Vokal at tight end. Yeah, we just don't. And you know, uh, Thomas Fedoni's been injured. I, I don't think he's going to come back till maybe mid-season. No. So um, that, that's a that's a bigger loss. He's he's a really good blocking tight end. And then we saw in the Northwestern game, the guy can catch passes and he can go up and get them. Yeah. Um, I do think uh, the, the depth in the tight end room is, is nice as well because we saw two tight ends that filled in for vocal, like Chancellor Brewington yeah. and uh, I forget who, um, Borkature, Bor- uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they both had tight, they both had touchdowns uh, as, as right. tight ends. And uh, it looked like, Casey's fine thrown to whoever it is a big, I think Volklik will be back next week is my guess. Um, it's that just from what I've been reading. Um, I don't think that it's a huge problem, uh, but it, 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 as you said, he's the much better blocking tight end of all of the tight ends that Nebraska has. He's the most experienced. He can go up and get it. He's the most talented, uh, I think. So I hope he's not out for that much longer. Um, but I do think that uh, defensively, do you think we improved at all? Who is your defensive MVP, Grandpa? I think Garrett uh, Nelson has to be the defensive MVP. His his sack and strip that was that was recovered by uh, let's see who was it? Stephon Wynn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was a great play, and you knew that that was coming with with uh, with Garrett. He's that kind of a player. Yeah. He, yep. he's, his hair is, he plays like his hair is on fire. He doesn't always, you know, he's not always consistent, but he can always get effort from him. And it was great to exactly. see get that. You know, the, the other play, I, I, we're going to talk about a special teams MVP. I almost think the, uh, the goat in that thing was Wyatt Lever. Yeah. You remember what happened when we, we, uh, we punted. Oh, that was, a, was it a kickoff? Anyhow, he gets he gets his mid in there almost as a turnover. I'm thinking, what? You know, I I don't I don't understand how somebody can do that's a it was almost a bonehead play. Luckily, yeah, it was uh, it was dual uh, possession or something. So that gave they gave that to Nebraska. But wow, why are you even getting close to that football? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean it's a it's a mental thing and i think that scott frost knows that and uh, i i would say on special teams it was nice to see nebraska hit a 46 yard field goal i think it was or yeah. 41 uh yeah. from timmy bleak after he missed the 37 yarder but which 
Um, but it was it was nice to see a long field goal go in for Nebraska. It's been too long before, uh, since we've seen that. Um, but I think I think for me, uh, in that the the special teams really played pretty well, except for that point that you were talking about. They did block a punt slash tipped it. It wasn't really a a block. Uh, for for I guess technically it would go down as a block, but the punt still went forward. Um, and for me defensively, yeah, I would say Garrett Nelson definitely my defensive MVP. Uh, for Nebraska, he just he's a kid that will just go out there and work and work and work. Uh, for ninety. No, not 90 minutes. What was I? Yeah, no, 90 minutes. Nope, 60, 60. I don't know, I don't know why. <laughs> Jeez, I was stuck in the soccer mindset for a second. <laughs> soccer game's 90 minutes. My goodness. Um, but, you know, he's a kid that will just go out there and work for 60 minutes and give you everything he's got, and he deserved that uh, strip sack. And uh, O'Shawn Mathis did get his first sack for Nebraska. I don't yeah, know if they counted it as great. a half sack, but I think it was a full sack for him. Uh, that was the first time I've really seen him do anything all year. Yeah. Um, which is kind of shocking for my, because yeah. there are all these things of like, Oh, he's going to be like, he's top five in the country for this. And the, and then he comes in and, and he's quiet and you never hear his name. So, I mean, it, it was such a big get for us that you think he's, it, he, my guess is he just has to adjust to the big 10 play and how big those linemen are coming from the big 12. And I believe I talked about that, or we talked about that when he originally came over, we we're going to say, okay, he's coming from the big 12. So, if he might have an immediate impact, but he might have to also build that skill level up. So, um, yeah. Anything else you got from that North Dakota game, Grandpa? Well, it was the 383rd sellout, and there were no balloons. Yeah, actually, a couple of them did get released, but it was I. I know helium is supposed to be used for medicine or medicinal reasons, but it's kind it's of- a it's college football. It's tradition. Get over it. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't. I didn't. I didn't. Wasn't aware that the world's helium supply had dwindled to that. Yeah. <laughs> for seven games, and I d- can't imagine how many balloons. I'm, I, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you know. Maybe that's that's a. I maybe it feels like there's always a bunch of balloons that they just have no purpose for except releasing. So I get the point of like, okay, but we actually need to use it for this. So let's just not waste all this helium. I mean, yeah. it's not a waste. It's not a waste to Husker fans, but to someone that doesn't understand the tradition of college football, it would seem like a massive waste to just be like, "Oh, let's hold on to these for like eight minutes and then let them go." Like, <laughs> I mean, it's but it's something that it was I, I missed uh, definitely when Nebraska scored that first touchdown. I was looking around for him behind you get you get him like floating up through the camera uh, when it's showing the PAT, yeah. but. I mean, that's kind of cool. Whatever. It was a little bit of a tradition that, that, uh, yeah. kind of screeched I hope they'll bring it back. I hope they'll bring it back next year. Um, but I don't know. Uh, all right, let's move on, uh, real quick to, uh, our next game. We already talked about this a little bit. Georgia Southern coming to Lincoln next weekend. They just beat Morgan state 59 to seven on Saturday. Morgan state is a FCS school, not as good as North Dakota. Um, led by Kyle Van Treese, quarterback from Buffalo, uh, who played and lost 28-3 to uh, at Lincoln, at Lincoln uh, last year with, with Buffalo. So he knows the stadium atmosphere. Um, and he looked decent, 467, sorry, not 400, 367 passing yards uh, against Morgan State. But again, Morgan State, we haven't really, we don't really know what Georgia Southern is made out of. 
Uh, I can guarantee you one thing. They're going to be better than North Dakota was. So Nebraska is going to have to step it up because yeah. Georgia Southern will capitalize on these mistakes that Nebraska uh, keeps having. Like the, uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about this, but Casey Thompson uh, interception at your own 15 yard line. It's completely yeah. excusable. Um, he threw it. The The linebackers just sitting there. He threw it right over the middle, right into his hands. Um, it was hot. The guy did have to jump for it. So, I get if you just didn't see him, but still, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where Adrian Martinez fumbles and Casey Thompson yeah. throws interceptions, and that seems to be the right. major difference between the two. Um, but, yeah, anything – what do you think about this Georgia Southern game, Grandpa? You know, we just don't know. We just don't know. We we got we, – we're, we're uh, minus two in the turnover category for the year. Yep, we got to fix that. Uh, and yeah. we lost the turnover margin against North Dakota. Yes. Are you serious? Correct. Are you serious? Yes. That's so dumb. Just hold on. No, to I the think ball. we're minus. We're minus. We're minus three for the for the two games. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were minus two against Northwestern, minus one against yeah. North Dakota. Yeah. It's inexcusable. Correct. It's yeah. inexcusable. Hold on to the ball. It's not that hard. I mean, I get people ripping at it, but two Casey Thompson interception in both games. It's yeah. two interceptions against Northwestern. That is inexcusable. Yeah. You've got to make that read and know. It's not like he's a first-year quarterback and not understanding, but um, we'll we'll see. If he North South Georgia Southern's defense is going to uh, eat him alive if he cannot read these coverages for some reason and not see that those guys are there. Um, so we'll we'll have to see uh, how it goes. But uh, yeah, uh, anything else you got about uh, either of these? Either this nope. one, this next one coming up, or. No, you got nothing. All right. You just got to tell everybody to, to, yeah. Tell friends, tell enemies. Yes, exactly. I was just going to do that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Before we, before we uh, end the episode here, I would like to thank you guys for, uh, again, listening to last week's episode um, and keeping listening throughout the season. Share, uh, share this podcast with your friends, uh, enemies, anyone who's a North Dakota fan, uh, because we can, we can do that and not, uh, have them laugh at us because we actually won. Uh, but uh, share it with people at Georgia Southern. Uh, Georgia Southern fans coming up. Um, and if you know anyone that's going to that game, I uh, wish them the best of luck because I feel like it could go either way. Um, but, uh, yeah. And uh, if you have anything that you would like to email us, email contact, uh, you can email all those emails to hbthpodcast at gmail. No, not at gmail. Hold on hbth podcast at protonmail.com uh that's hbth podcast at protonmail.com we also have a voicemail line 970 uh shoot i forget the number uh <laughs> uh i think it's like i'll figure it out i had it written down somewhere anyway it's in the it's in last week's episode uh i need to memorize that uh, that's my bad. But anyway, we do have a voicemail line. If you're looking for that number, uh, I'll put it in the show notes of this episode. Uh, and yeah, I don't have anything else besides go big red. Oh, you got it. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hopefully with Nebraska having a winning record now.